Grab your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 18 this morning. I'm so glad that you've joined us online for church today at Thrive Church. You know, when my wife and I first moved here to uh, Richmond, Virginia, we found this really cool place called the Shenandoah Mountains, right? The Blue Ridge Mountains, Shenandoah National Park. And so we love to hike, and one of our favorite hikes is Humpback Rocks. Maybe you've done that here in uh, Virginia. Well, one of our hikes, here's what we discovered. As we were doing this hike, we looked up and we realized there was a dog about 20 feet up on a rock ledge walking aimlessly. Um, and we were scared that he would fall. And he slipped one time, like, and, and it was us and another couple looking, and he slipped. We're like, oh, no, no, what's going on? And then he slipped again, and finally this dog fell down from that drop. When he fell down there, we went over to him. He was still alive, and um, as we tried to approach him, he growled at us. And I was like, babe, just hold on. We don't know if he has rabies. He's been out here a while. His hair was matted. And so I ran down that trail. And if you've been on that trail, you know, I ran down that trail. We called, got a park ranger, went back up the trail. It was an all-day-long fiasco. We got a park ranger up. We got the dog. And he had to use a muzzle for that dog because uh, the dog was growling at him and snapping at him. And we wanted to try to help the dog. The dog thought we were trying to hurt him. And so for some reason, we realized as we got down the mountain and the dog back into the van, we realized that this dog had been hurt by someone and had been left on that trail possibly to die. We wanted to adopt the dog, but here's why we didn't. The reason is because this dog was attempting to hurt us. And we realized as we looked, well, why does this dog want to hurt us? We want to help this dog. Why would he want to hurt us? It's because he had been hurt. This dog was hurting us because he had been hurt. You've probably heard that adage before, right? That hurting people hurt people. If you've ever been hurt by someone, the first thing we want to do is get mad at them. But now what I've come to realize is this. I wonder who hurt that person to the point that they want to hurt me like they're doing. Well, if hurting people hurt people, I want to ask you a question this morning. This is what we're going to dive into today. If hurting people hurt people, what should forgiven people do? If hurting people hurt people, what should forgiven people do? That's the same thing that Jesus dealt with his disciples in Matthew 18. Peter approached him and asked him a question about, uh, you know, forgiveness. And what we've been doing the past several weeks is we're looking at the parables of Jesus. We're just digging into this whole COVID time into studying the teachings of Jesus and this technique he employed called parables. What are parables? Parables are literally an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. They're an earthly story, a story you and I can understand, especially the first century listeners of Jesus could understand, that they are earthly stories with a heavenly meaning. As we established the first week, as we look at this parable in Matthew 18, that it probably has one central idea. You can't look at every little detail and try to you know, pick out things and get real deep with it. They're not allegories. They're not fables. They are an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Matter of fact, Jesus loved to use parables. And one of the reasons is, as we looked at in Psalm 78, 2, it actually says that he's going to, that the coming Messiah would speak in parables. It'd be one of the attributes of the Messiah, and Jesus fulfilled that very prophecy. Another reason that Jesus used parables is this. He wanted people to live out the Torah. Like the Old Testament, 613 laws and all the teachings of the Old Testament and everything that God had established for the Jewish people. He didn't want them just to know the Torah. He wanted them to live it out. And so he used these stories where they'd go, ah, 
hmm, yeah, you got a point there. He would ask questions within those. And so today what we're going to look at is a very famous teaching from Jesus. He actually he taught this principle of forgiveness many times. But you're going to see that Jesus is going to use an earthly story, one that they would all understand about debts and creditors and things of that nature, and he's going to tie in forgiveness to it. And so in Matthew 18, starting in verse 21, <clears throat> It says this, then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive one who sins against me? And he says seven times. Now, this is important because Peter was, was like, hey, Jesus, I'm an overachiever. Because there was a Jewish tradition and, and rabbinical teaching that said that you should forgive someone three times, but not four. So Peter's like, hey, Jesus, how many times should I, should I forgive someone? Seven times? He was expecting Jesus to be like, that's the number of completion. That's the number of perfection. Peter, you are the man. You're so spiritual. But here's the answer that Jesus gives him. No, not seven times. Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared. Remember, each time he's saying the kingdom of heaven is like, he's trying to get them to understand the kingdom of heaven. He doesn't want them just to understand religion religion, or the Jewish religious way of Judaism. He's now taking a whole new perspective. And here's what he's doing. He's saying the kingdom of heaven, the domain, the kingdom of God, the domain of God, the dominion of God within the human heart. Here's what that looks like. He says the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of the debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. And so imagine this. This king has people who owe him money. Money that is so extraordinary that day and time they can never repay it. And remember, in parables, Jesus often uses these exaggerations to get the point across. Remember, we talked about the first week. He said, how many of you fathers would give like your children a, a scorpion if he asked for you know, an egg or, or vice versa. Like he said, and they're like, they would never do that. That's crazy, Jesus. Well, this is actually crazy to them. The amount of money is so extraordinary that many would say, wow, there's no king that would ever do that. So he says this, he couldn't pay. So his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children, everything he, he owned to pay the debt. This man couldn't pay the millions of dollars back. He couldn't pay all the money back. And so this king says, now you and your whole family will be slaves the rest of your life. Now look what happens next in the story. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him and he released him and forgave his debt. And watch this. This is the key. This man's been forgiven of something he can never pay back. In his wildest imagination, he could never repay this debt. He was a slave. That's what he should have been. He asked for forgiveness. He asked for that king to be patient. Now look what this man goes and does after being forgiven. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put into prison until the debt could be paid 
in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven to him, forgiven him and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Pay close attention to that part. Jesus is trying to drive home upon, just as I had mercy <clears throat> on you. Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. And he says, that's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Jesus lays out this story to his disciples. Peter asked the question, Hey, Jesus, how many times should I forgive someone? How often should I extend forgiveness to people or to that person? And Jesus gives the story. Now, remember, as we're looking at parables, as I said earlier, don't look at every detail. Uh, the fact of the matter is, is that God's not going to torture you in hell if you refuse to forgive people. But here's what will happen. You'll live a life of inner torture. Forgiveness frees the soul. And that's what Jesus wanted them to understand. And that many people live in torture because they refuse to forgive other people and, for, and refuse to release other people. And I want to share a principle with you today that Jesus thought important enough to share. And Matthew thought it was important enough to record. Remember, he followed Jesus. And so he's, he's kind of hearing all these teachings. He's remembering these things. He says, man, I really need to put in all this, this epilogue of Jesus' teachings, this one about forgiveness and so as we look at this teaching, remember parables are an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. There's one principle. Here's the one point we can take home today. Here's what I want you to write down. You can tweet it, Snapchat it, Instagram it, whatever you want to do. You can take a carrier pigeon and tie it to its leg and let it fly away if you do that. But here's the one point today that I want you to zero home on of what Jesus is trying to get across. And it's this. It's simple. Forgiven people forgive people. Forgiven people forgive people people remember we said earlier if hurting people hurt people what should forgiven people do forgiven people should forgive people and that's the exact thing that this guy in the story didn't do he pleaded with the king to forgive him of a debt that he could not repay to forgive him of something that he could never do himself and the moment he was released what did he do he went around condemning others for debts that were lower than his amount to the king he went around not forgiving others. He went around doing to them what he was forgiven of. And Jesus wanted to drive the point home that if you're forgiven by God, if God releases you of such a great debt, then what is your duty to mankind? What is the rightful response to our king who has forgiven us? And it's this, forgiven people forgive people. Matter of fact, Paul read in Colossians, Colossians 3.13, he says this here. He says, make allowance for each other's faults. Now, now, now what he says there is, is he wants you to pause for a second and say this. Give space for people to screw up because that's what people do, right? Like people talk all the time about, well, I don't like church because church is this. Church is just a bunch of people. Anytime you get people together, there are faults. There are screw ups. There are intentional things. There are unintentional things. And here's what Paul is saying. Make allowance for those. Go ahead and build into your margin of relationships people to have faults. Go ahead and build into that. 
What if, if marriages did that? Do you think marriages would be much better? They would. We don't, but we don't build into that. We build in that everybody will respond correctly. Everybody will be perfect. Make allowance for each other's faults. And forgive anyone who offends you. Who? Anyone. Has someone offended you? They probably don't know it. You're probably mad at them and angry, and they don't even know it. And you're going around holding this unforgiveness and this bitterness. And Paul says, anyone who offends you, forgive them. See, this is the rightful response of Christ's followers. And then he says this, remember, the Lord forgave you. So what? You must forgive others. The Lord forgave you. So you must forgive others. This is not, see, forgiveness is not optional in the life of the believer. Forgiveness is essential. And many of us in our life, I want you to realize, are not forgiving other people. And we think we're punishing them. See, we live in a generation that believes this. We believe if we withhold love, we can punish people. If we act cold toward them and don't give them the hug, we don't give them the high five, we kind of are standoffish. You know, you give your spouse the silent treatment. You know, you're pouting because you didn't get your way, right? And we do that. We withhold love to punish people. You know, I heard this said about forgiveness one time. It said that unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. That's ludicrous. Like, if I say that to you, it's kind of what Jesus says to his disciples. You're like, that's crazy. But that's what we do. I will not forgive them to hurt them. Listen, honey, it's not hurting them. It's hurting you. Your unforgiveness is causing stress. It's causing emotional problems. It's causing things in your heart. And your heavenly father wants you to be released of the very prison you've created yourself called unforgiveness and bitterness. And the enemy of of our souls wants to destroy us by us not releasing and forgiving other people. See, we live in a world that is desperate for forgiveness. We live in a world that wants forgiveness. We are forgiven people. The world hasn't been forgiven yet if they've not received Christ and, and, and turned to Christ. And if you've been forgiven by the Father, if you've come to Christ, you have the greatest gift ever. And now here's what Jesus is calling you to do if you're a follower of him. He's calling you now to go out and give that forgiveness freely just like you've received it. We live in a world that is desperate for it and here's why this matters so much today and here's why we have to grasp onto this the idea of forgiveness is foreign to a world that is fueled by wanting to be right like we live in a world that is just fueled by always wanting to be right go to social media Everybody's pleading their case about what they believe about this or that or churches or politics or this stance or that stance or even TV shows. Like we all just want to be right. And forgiveness, this whole idea of offering forgiveness or asking for forgiveness is foreign to the world that we live in. Like, you know, I I play basketball and it's competitive. And there's times where you play pickup ball that guys are like accusing you of things that you didn't do or they're, they're getting mad at you or angry. There's things happening. I remember recently um, as I was guarding this guy and we got tangled up and it was an accident, he got mad. He was cursing at me. He was angry. He was calling me names and blah, blah, blah. And just he was really, really angry at me. Now, the response usually of what you do on the court, and this is what I used to do, was I got angry back. It's like you poke me in the eye, I'll poke you in the eye, right? Eye for an eye or tooth for a tooth. But here's what I did afterwards. I went up and said, hey, man, um, 
He's like, yeah, what do you want? I said, I want to ask you to forgive me. I didn't mean that, but I'm very sorry that happened in the first place. And I just want you to please forgive me. And you would have thought, like, it was so foreign. I, I should have been speaking another language to him because his eyes were like, what? Like, he just felt uncomfortable. But then you could tell afterwards, like, he was nicer to me. The relationship seemed to be better. He, had, he did not expect me to come up and to, and, and to offer myself to be forgiven. He expected me to come up and want to argue my case to be right. And this is what I've tried to learn is that we live in a world that is just hungry to be forgiven because we're all justifying our actions to want to be right. And so here's what we have to do. Here's what we have to do as believers. If you're a follower of Jesus, and if you're not a follower of Jesus, let me just say this. This should make Christianity beautiful to you because this is not the way of agnosticism or atheism or Darwinism or Buddha. This is unique to Christianity, that we have been fully forgiven freely, and now we're going to do that for others. And so here's what we have to do for Christ followers. And if you're not a Christ follower and you're peeking in on our service, you're kind of wondering about Christianity, this is what's unique to be about Christianity, and you can only be able to live this out when you've been fully forgiven. And here's what we have to do as Christ followers. If you're a follower of Jesus, pay close attention. Here is what we must do from this story, and it's this. To live a life of forgiveness, we must be just as people like what does that mean if you're listening by way of audio i'm giving you quotation marks here just as people quotations just as people to live a life of forgiveness of forgiving others we have to be quote unquote just as people you're like kevin what in the world does that mean i thought you would never ask paul says this to the church at ephesus and in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31, he says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Now, he doesn't just mean like, um, he's not talking to unbelievers. He's not talking to people outside the church. He's talking to the church at Ephesus, because that's what they were doing to each other as believers. And then he goes on to say this. He says, instead, be kind to each other. Man, this should be like your marriage vows right here. Be tenderhearted, forgiving one another. And here's what I want you to pay close attention to today. This is the crux of today's message. Just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Just as God through Christ has forgiven you. That's what just as people are. You're like, well, why should I forgive that person? Because God in Christ forgave you. Well, they don't deserve it. Did you deserve it? This is the hardest thing to do. Forgiveness is one of the hardest things to live out as followers of Jesus. I meet so many believers that are so bitter that are so angry, that are so unforgiving, that keep things bottled up inside. And here's what breaks my heart. Not only are we not able to offer the world forgiveness and other believers forgiveness of what God's called us to, but you're tortured. You're living in prison. 
because you haven't learned what the motive of forgiveness is. The motive of forgiveness is not based on the other party's decision to ask you for forgiveness. The motive of forgiveness is based on one central point, and it's this right here, that we forgive others just as, just as God in Christ forgave us, right? Just as. Remember like Jesus when he, again, I told you that, that he, he told his followers, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And like anybody can do that, right? Like, I mean, like even our Muslim brothers or Buddhist brothers or, or whatever, Hindu brothers, they can love others as they, you know, love themselves. That's a pretty easy thing. But Jesus, and I've shared this before and I'll share it again, is so important. He rewrites the script. He sits down with his disciples as his days are, are ending, and he says, hey, look, I know that I told you to love your neighbors, you love yourself. Like, yeah, we got that, Jesus, that's good. Man, we learned that, you know, um, even in the Torah, we learned that. It's really easy stuff. We got it. Yep, that's elementary. He says, yeah, but now I've got a new assignment for you. Um, you need to graduate to a new level, and here's what it is. He says, now you're going to love others just as I have loved you. Other religions don't understand that. It is unique to Christianity. Jesus rewrote the script saying, now you're going to love other people just as I have loved you. The same love that Christ has given us, we give others. And can I just say this real quick to you? I'm going to say it anyway because you're here and you're watching, right? Many of you have the inability to love and forgive others because you've never really experienced the love of God and the forgiveness of God. You know, Jesus teaches this principle many times. He shared the story of a lady who, you know, um, who comes in and, is, and she takes the alabaster box of oil and breaks it at Jesus' feet and the disciples are embarrassed and she's wiping his feet down. And, and it just he shares a story of them, with them and he says this. He says, you know what? This woman has been forgiven much, and that's why she's lavishing love on me. If you've been forgiven little, then you're not very grateful. If you've been forgiven much, then you're very grateful. Can I just say this? Many of us aren't able to forgive because you've never experienced forgiveness. Yeah, you learned it in Sunday school. You learned this principle. You learned it in vacation Bible school. You were always growing up teaching that Jesus loves all the little children of the world, right? You, like, like you've been taught that. There's a big difference between knowing it and experiencing it. And there's nothing like experiencing being forgiven of all your sins. And it's so freeing that you want to go out and do it to everyone in their life so they experience what God has done for you. Now, it's easier said than done. But here are a couple thoughts on how we do this. And this is what I do in my life. Here's kind of, because people have, ask all the time, you know, several questions about forgiveness. And I want to deal with that. Because some of you are sitting here and saying, Kevin, I know the drill. I am struggling. I have these imaginary conversations. My cortisol levels are going up because I am so angry at somebody who has done something to me recently or even years ago. So here are three things I want you to write down on how we do this. How do we become just as people? And number one, it's this, forgiving someone doesn't make them right. Just realize that. Just lay that down. Forgiving them doesn't make them right. The guy in the basketball court, can I be honest with you? I did nothing wrong. I didn't. 
I, I really didn't. But in his eyes, I had. And so I went and forgave him. There are people who have wronged you. And you're looking at me today saying, Kevin, you don't know what they did to me. Let's just flip this script a bit. Do you know what you did to God? You put the nails in Jesus' wrist. You put Jesus on the cross with your sin. I put Jesus on the cross with my sin. You're saying, yeah, but they're so wrong. We wronged God. You're saying, you don't know, Kevin, because they trespassed this area. I told them never to trespass. They crossed the line they should never have crossed in my life. And I refuse. Let me ask you a question. Did you trespass against God? See, when you realize what you did to God and how bad it was that you crucified Christ and I crucified Christ, then you realize that what people have done to you pales in comparison. And so forgiving them doesn't make them right. Forgiving them is your duty because Christ has forgiven you. Now, here's the second thought. Here's the second point. Because once you've forgiven someone who's hurt you, the next question is, well, then what does the relationship look like now? What am I supposed to do now that I've forgiven them? How does that look? I mean, do we stay six feet apart? Get it? Here's the second thought and thing you've got to understand about forgiveness. Forgiving someone doesn't mean you have to be a doormat. Forgiving someone doesn't mean you have to be a doormat to them anymore. So if you forgive them because God has forgiven you just as, you don't have to enter into the same relationship you had before. There are people who have hurt me deeply in my life. There are people who have done me wrong. There are people who have lied to me to my face, who have done things behind my back, and I cannot trust them anymore. I'm going to be honest with you. But here's the truth. I have forgiven them. Does it still hurt? It does time to time. I've forgiven them. Now, here's the question. What does that relationship look like now? I've said this many times. I'm going to say this again to you. To live at peace with someone doesn't mean you have to live in partnership with that person to live at Paul said if it possible live at peace with all men so some of you are getting abused by your spouse physically verbally emotionally and you're thinking well if I'm forgiving them and I'm, I'm, so I'm a sweet little Christian person I just go right back and let them beat on me no that's not what you do you don't do that the truth of the matter is this you can forgive them and love them at a distance you can social distance even as forgiving you can forgive them and say, I've forgiven you, man. I love you, you're awesome, and God loves you, and I'm going to forgive and love you from over here, and you just stay over there, and boom, it's going to be great. You can do that. It's okay. Stop being a doormat. And some of you are refusing to forgive people because you think you'll have to be a doormat to them. You'll have to put yourself under the same abuse you did before. You don't have to. You have as much drama in your life as you want to have. The reason I don't have a ton of drama in my life, I don't want drama in my life. The reason people want drama or have drama in their life is because they want drama. You, you can separate and love them from a distance. And here's the final thing this morning. Here's the final point. And we have to understand this. The act of forgiveness has to be daily. And the reason I say that is this. I have so many people say, man, I can't get that person out of my mind though. Like I forgive them and the next day I'm thinking about them again. And I'm upset again. See, that's what Jesus said to Peter 70 times 7, which most scholars believe that's like a, a number of perfection. That's like seven's number of perfection times 70, meaning that you're going to do it as many times as it takes. And so can I be honest with you? There are people in my life I have to forgive in my mind over and over and over. How many times should I forgive them? 
God, Kevin, I thought I forgave them, and I keep having them come up my mind. I keep having imaginary conversations. I'm telling them off. It's the best tell-off ever. I'm winning the argument. I'm storming out, and they're sitting there with their jaw dropped, man, because I just ripped into them. Or maybe you guys don't do that, but I do. But can I be honest with you? You have to forgive them daily. As many times as they come to your mind, you've got to release them. Kevin, why should I do that? Just as. Forgive them in Christ just as God forgave you in Christ. And so this morning, I want to challenge you. Some of you are hurting people that are hurting people. When you receive the full forgiveness from the Father and you experience the cleansing flood of forgiveness that God gives in Christ, it is an experience that will change your life forever. And then it creates in you the ability to forgive others. So first of all, some of you that have been forgiven need just to go back and you need to look at the account that you owed your king. Look back at what you owed him and you could have never paid that back. And you're going out and there's petty offenses people have against you and you're holding grudges. And you're torturing yourself. This morning, God wants you to experience forgiveness he wants you to go out and give forgiveness he wants you to experience it so my prayer for you is this is that right now as you're watching this and this week you're going to wrestle with some conversations in your head and you're going to verbally release some people that have hurt you in your life and what i'm most excited about you're going to experience freedom that you've never experienced before forgiven people forgive people and that's what we're going to do. Stay tuned for our next steps. Hey, that was an incredible message from Pastor Kevin. And today, as you're watching this online, you may want to make the most important decision of your life. And that's the decision to follow Christ. You see, Jesus, when he came to this earth 2,000 years ago, when he was born, he didn't just give great life lessons. He didn't just perform miracles. But he is the way of salvation. You see, when he died, he was crucified on a cross. But three days later, on that third day, he resurrected and came back to life. Now that's incredible because that resurrection wasn't just him coming back to life, but that was him giving us a way for salvation, to be forgiven of our sins. Because for you and me, we can't uh, do enough good. We can't earn our way into heaven. But as it says in Romans, uh, that the only way of salvation is through believing and confessing. That we believe that Jesus was who he said he was that he died and resurrected on that third day, and in that resurrection conquered death, hell, and the grave, that we can be forgiven of our sins. So it's to believe that and to confess that. And if you wanna make the decision to follow Christ today, it's you doing just those two things. So here's what I'd love for you to do. The way you can confess that today is click the link in the description that says you made a decision for salvation. And what we wanna do, why do we do that? Because we wanna connect with you. We want to invest in your relationship with God. And we have some free resources online that we wanna to send to you, that we wanna connect with you. Again, we want to help you have a thriving relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you're new with us here today, if this is the first time or maybe the second time you've joined us here online, we'd love to connect with you also. Make sure you click that link that says, I'm new here. Because we want to, again, we have something we want to give to you, some free resources and just a way to bless you for being with us today. So if you would, listen, we're about to go into this week. And I don't know about you, but I need God's help uh, with everything that I'm facing. So let's pray together today. So pray with me. God, we're so thankful that we can still gather even though online. And God, I pray that over the message that Pastor Kevin shared, God, may it impact us, may it transform us, because your word is true no matter what we're facing. God, I pray that you give us your strength and your peace. 
as we go into this week. God, we thank you for all that you have done, all that you're going to do. And it's your holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us online today. See you soon.